Well, you froze. Who froze? You froze on mine, but I don't know. Yeah, of course I froze on yours. Your connection fucked up. Well, it's usually yours, so I'm going to go ahead and say it was you. Well, how did you then join the same Zoom link? I haven't left. I've literally been sitting here. It said you left, and then it said you reconnected. I didn't leave once. I've literally been sitting here this whole time. I don't believe you at all. Did you freeze again? Oh, boy. Matt is frozen again. Oh, and now he's back. Froze again. Matt, if it's oh, wait, what? connection. It was me. Look. Proof. Hey, watch your language. This is a family show. Is it a storm? This is all going to make it into the podcast because I don't like editing. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back to another fabulous installment of the Matt and Dennis podcast. I, of course, Dennis Fincy, my partner, closing a window to make it more quiet because production value is what we strive for on this podcast, the Matt and Dennis podcast. And that would include Matt Scarano. Matt, how you doing? Dennis, I'm doing well. Um, Orlando, as as Central Florida does uh, during the summer months between May and September, October, we get storms uh, in this part of the day every day. And I could sense uh, some wind. I'm seeing some lightning out the window of our Orlando studios. And I'm also pretty certain that there is a generator somewhere uh, near the parking garage that I'm hearing. Um, our listeners and our fans deserve the best, so I'm not going to deprive them of that. Hence why I shut the window at the beginning of this broadcast. But great to be with you, as always. We have a lot to talk about, probably more so in this week than uh, the past few weeks. So I'm excited about it. Agreed. And you know what? And why I love you is because you had to go on your little soliloquy there of talking about Florida weather. It allowed me to finish my last bite of fish. And thus dinner is done. Dennis, I, d- I don't mean to interrupt and, and take away from the sports, which is definitely what our listeners want to hear. Yeah. Um, okay. Shout out to L Money, Lauren, social media manager, um, the hardest working social media manager um, in the uh, podcast game of podcasts that have less than seven listeners. It does is- take hard work to send out zero tweets. Yep, absolutely. She is here with us tonight. Um, also, I think uh, you'd be doing our listeners uh, that we just mentioned a disservice if you didn't mention which fish you were eating, which type of fish. What what fish do they have there in Virginia? And after a long drive back from our homeland of Connecticut to Virginia, D.C. area, what is the uh, what is the fish of the day down there? It's a local fish here, Matt. I believe they pronounce it uh, tilapia. Ooh. Comes from the uh, ocean. It's white. Uh, I bought it at a supermarket, prepackaged. Said it was locally raised, not farm raised. I think that's the bad one where all the fish are eating their poop. I don't think you want to eat that. I don't know if the word's organic, but I think it's free range. Maybe is that the the word? Somebody goes out there, puts it in a net, takes it back, sells it for a profit, and then he feeds his family. Probably not fish because he probably stinks of fish and they don't want to eat fish. I think that's how it works. You think fishermen eat all the steaks and all the Butcher guys, cattle raisers, they eat all the fish. That's how it goes, you know? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure after days out at sea, when they get back to uh, their homeland and dry land, they, they like a hearty meal, which mm. as, as good as tilapia, tilapia is one of my personal favorite fish. 
perhaps uh, a good gumbo. Maybe that's where that came from. Yeah. Like, honey, you want, what do you want? You've been at sea for weeks. You know what, hun? Just throw everything in the pot. I'll eat it all. Boom, gumbo. What time's Burger King open till? <laughs> Matt, where do you want to start? Now that we've completely derailed the podcast. Well, Dennis, you're the host. and uh... I am the host, but you know, we have so many topics to discuss. You know what? Let's just get it out of the way. And we'll talk baseball first and transition it into uh, our team that is trying to lose a playoff spot. But yeah. thanks to other teams, they still haven't lost it. But today was the Hall of Fame enshrinement. I don't know if you watched any of it. I did watch some highlights because it had to be played at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. Most people busy during the day. Thanks, Major League Baseball. Appreciate that. But El Capitan, Derek Jeter, was inducted. And uh, I got to say, he was looking pretty sexy in that suit. You know what I mean? He's got a little facial hair going now. Jeter's been kind of balding the last couple of years. He was even doing it when he was still in pinstripes. Uh, he looking pretty fashionable. You know what I mean? A little Navy suit. Uh, he's a catch, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, congrats to Derek Jeter, super happy. And I mean, it just makes me feel super old that the guy that when I first started watching baseball was basically the face of the Yankees and now he's in the hall of fame and I'm still a goober. So, you know, that makes me feel good. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, I, I mean, I agree with what you said at, at the get-go there. It stinks that it was on a Wednesday. I did not get to watch it live because most people work on weekdays uh, during that time period. And, um, but I did get to see some highlights and, and I saw some still photos, which were cool of the Yankees, of um, the Marlins um, kind of sitting in the outfield practicing for their uh, upcoming games this evening kind of stopping and then showing without any fans in the stands, obviously, because this was around like one o'clock in the afternoon today. Um, just showing it on the screen for the players and uh, the personnel of their respective teams. And I thought that was awesome. And they all kind of stopped just to sit in the infield, sit in the outfield and, and, and watch history. And, and a lot of uh, as someone that is on Twitter from when I wake up to my lunch break to when I go to bed and a lot of, a lot of haters out there more so than I thought. I thought, the fact that Derek Jeter on uh, his last game of Major League Baseball was in Boston at Fenway Park. And the Red Sox fans who their most hated uh, enemy is the New York Yankees. So for someone to break through, similar to the way David Ortiz was hated in New York, but there was a respect um, amongst the Yankee fans for David Ortiz, who also got a standing ovation in the Bronx when he retired. Derek Cheater got a bron or, or got a standing ovation in Fenway when when he retired. So I, I was really under the impression that he was a, a a very beloved figure. A lot of people are just I think annoyed that he got inducted because he was a Yankee. Um, but like you said, Derek Jeter to you and myself meant meant so much um, as role models to us in our in our childhood. And he was even there as we we grew up, and he was a constant with the Yankees and. And through all their success, when the Yankees built their dynasty in, in the late 90s, and we're still a powerhouse of the 2000s, obviously, we didn't have the success of the late 90s, but he was always a constant, and he was always a class act, really had a squeaky clean image aside from, you know, his escapades with different famous women uh, in the New York City uh, area, but but he was always a class act, and even the Yankees' most bitter rivals um, loved him and respected him, and and for someone to put up the numbers he did, especially offensively, especially in the playoffs, especially in clutch situations for the Yankees, but to 
but to have that type of character and and to really have a, a squeaky clean image at least professionally within major league baseball you don't see that very often and um i, I think the image that he had with the yankees uh was kind of icing on the cake and i, I saw uh, an interview um when i was driving home from work today with uh um reynolds uh what's his name um it's on mlb tonight harold reynolds harold reynolds thank you i was gonna say howard reynolds harold reynolds and he's uh talking about the game against the yankees when it went to extra innings and jeter caught that foul ball and kind of dove into the stands and then had like the big black eye had the blood running down his cheek and he was like a lot of people uh especially non-yankees fans think that he kind of just ran in there and he's like trust me Yankee old Yankee stadium did not have that much room as the new Yankee stadium does. And if I could have stopped to avoid that happening to my face, I would have, I would have stopped. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing. Derek Jeter's career, I think post career or post playing career, I don't think has panned out the way he, he would have hoped it to be. Um, but he's still in a very important position um, down in this part of the, the country uh, down in Miami. So I, I think he still has a lot to offer to not only the Miami community, but um, <clears throat> the New York Yankees community to their fans and to the baseball world. And I don't know of many other people in my lifetime, especially since I really took notice of baseball and really invested my time into watching baseball that are more deserving of a hall of fame position than Derek Jeter. So uh, like you said, would have been, great to not be working today and, and, and watch it but I've I've seen pictures of it and, and I'm sure one of my nights over tonight and as the days the next coming days I'll be able to kind of watch watch more of it and watch a speech uh, in its entirety but um, really important day that I think unfortunately today just because of when it happened and there's some other pressing issues going on in the world that didn't really get the attention it probably deserved after all he's done but yeah, not, not many people in my lifetime that I've watched Yankee bias aside that are, are more deserving um, of the Hall of Fame than he is. Yeah, well said. And, I mean, I just look at it as he's in the Hall of Fame. Eli and Strahan get the numbers retired. We're getting old and one step closer to death. Speaking of death, the death of the Yankee season is coming up quickly. We're a mere three weeks out from the regular season in Major League Baseball. And I got to tell you, I really don't want to see the Yankees at top of it. I have said it all year long. I've been in and out just a little bit, but I have been a firm believer that this Yankee team will not make the playoffs. They continue to prove me right. The issue is that nobody else wants to take the throne. Uh, the Rays are up in first place. Nobody's catching them. I think we can all agree on that, you know, barring some another winning streak from the Yankees and then taking a couple from Tampa, but they're going to need to lose some too. But the Red Sox helping no one, the A's still really just trucking along blue Jays doing them. You know, they're helping themselves here the way they're playing against the Yankees currently and leading another one here. So is, would this be a sweep? Is it a three game set or is it yeah. a four game set? Three, nothing uh, blue Jays now since we started this. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I don't have anything else to say with this Yankee team. I think the concerning thing is Garrett Cole. And if, I mean, that's where you want to go. I don't know where else you'd want to go with it. It's that's been the one shred of hope Yankee fans have been holding on to. It's the, 
oh, well, maybe we don't belong in the playoffs, but look at the second half. We've, you know, the numbers we've accumulated with the addition of Rizzo and Gallo. And even though Gallo really hasn't been hitting that well since he's been in pinstripes, yeah, like it was exciting at first, but he really hasn't done much. Rizzo has been fine. Luke Voigt coming back from the injury has been really good. Uh, I mean, the 13 game winning streak, we're what a week past that. But I mean, just typical New York sports fans throw it out the window because we still suck in some regards. Chapman, he's still awful. He can't figure it out. But now Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole going down and hopefully he is okay. And hopefully it's not something super serious where he needs to miss. I mean, the rest of the season, just chalk up the L, but he's been the one shred of hope for Yankee fans and to get to the postseason, to get the one game wild card. That's why they brought him here to win those big games, to advance the Yankees through the postseason. If he's not there, I'm sorry. There's not a shred of confidence I have in any other pitcher on this rotation right now. And it was doom and gloom yesterday when I got that update from ESPN. It was actually from you. You beat both Bleacher Report and ESPN updating my phone. So I don't know what <laughs> what wormhole you were down that you, you were just worrying. Meredith Marakovich's ear or was Buster only tweeting the I don't know how you got that news to me before everybody else did. But Matt Scrano, scoop of the century. Garrett Cole's finger hurts. Dennis, if only we actually paid attention to our Twitter account and updated it. We, we probably could have been the ones to break that story. We, we would have gotten like thousands of followers instantly. It's true. It's true. But alas. Yeah. No L money back there sleeping on the job. Social media manager. Could have been it. You got, yeah, I said uh, you're sleeping on the job as our social media manager. <laughs> so it's very hard work. It's very exhausting. You know what it was? I think it's as a Tigers fan, she's biased and doesn't want the Yankees to give us success. I think that's what it is. Any comment? I care very much about the Tigers. She cares very much about the Tigers. I bet she does. Which, judging uh, by her laughing immediately after saying that, I would say she doesn't care. <laughs> Dennis? I mean, here's the thing. Uh, the one thing I will disagree with you about what you said is there is a lot to say about the Yankees. You said there's not a lot. I, I completely disagree. There is a lot. And there's always been. And, and, and I feel like I have beat this. This horse that I've been beating to death is like, like 10 feet under at this point where we don't need to rehash this for our, for our listeners, but we, we know where you've stood, you know, we know where I've stood um, throughout all year. I, I've called it like I've seen it. Terrible start, uh, average progression, and then boom, two weeks, three weeks ago, the Yankees turn into the best team in baseball, bar none. And we lose. It was going to come to an end eventually. 13 straight wins. That's incredible. They were, during that stretch, the best team in Major League Baseball. I don't think anyone would argue that. Since then, 2-8. and eight, um, Like you mentioned, the acquisition, the, the trade deadline. Anthony Rizzo, Joey Gallo. The best thing that could have happened. I was talking so much smack on Brian Cashman. He slapped me in the face, proved me wrong. We got some energy that I had not seen in a long time and a few years as a Yankees fan, we were on firing and all cylinders clutch hits from not only Joey Gallo, but Anthony Rizzo since then, Anthony Rizzo still playing pretty well. Joey Gallo, not so much. Joey Gallo has been pretty terrible um, on the Yankees, but how terrible he's been. Some of that attention is being taken away because like you mentioned, a Chapman who first half of the season 
best reliever in baseball. Could not be touched. I called you out at the beginning of the season because you were saying, eh, I don't think he's got the same stuff. He proved you wrong and was electric. Could not be touched. And I've never seen anyone turn on a dime like that, at least as a reliever in Major League Baseball, as a role as Chapman has been. No one's scared of him. No Yankees fans have confidence in him. He is blowing it to, I mean, forget our rivals, forget the good teams in baseball. Araldis Chapman can't close out with one out and nobody on against the Baltimore Orioles. This is a big problem. So now even if Araldis Chapman in the next two or three days has a good game, even if the Yankees back their way into the playoffs and before my rant's done, I have something to say about that. Even if Araldis Chapman finishes out September and looks great, you and I, whether it's against the Boston Red Sox, whether it's against the Oakland Athletics or Tampa or whoever, the Yankees could kill it all game. We could have the lead. Araldis Chapman comes in with a one-run, two-run, three-run, four-run lead. You and I know Yankees fans are going to have faith in him. And I've never seen a turnaround like that with the Yankee relievers, at least in recent memory. And, and, and it's nuts because the first half of the season, Araldis Chapman couldn't be touched. And I don't know if he lost his confidence, if there's an injury he's battling and he's not being, being honest with the Yankees training staff. I don't know what it is. But, to I mean, again, the Yankees' 13-game streak, I'm still in awe over it, and I'm still happy about it, and I'm still proud of him for it. But 2-8 and eight since then, and we said it, and I said it from day one, the Yankees would play terrible. We'd come back to a great streak, and we'd play terrible again. We'd come back, probably do an even better streak, and we'd play terrible again. And we've seen it to a T. That's exactly what's happened all year. But again, I say, when the Yankees played well, when the Yankees played bad, I will say the same thing. If the Yankees go on another 13 winning streak starting tonight or tomorrow, this lineup is way too good to be hitting the way they are or lack thereof. And credit to the Yankees bullpen. They have, I mean, they haven't done great. But there are some guys that have really stepped it up and, and, and some that have, are not that great that have stepped it up when we needed them to. Um, but Yankees are down 3 nothing right now. And, and thankfully, like I said off the air before we started, the Red Sox have been playing poor. Um, Oakland's been playing average. Seattle's been playing average. Um, I still think there's a shot the Yankees make the playoffs. The, the Yankees are still technically – in the driver's seat to make the playoffs, but I don't know what's happening here. And on the, on the topic of Garrett Cole, one of our few bright spots uh, throughout the year, we thought maybe it'd be a blister. Um, He signaled to the team last night. That's when I texted you. I was watching the game. I actually didn't see um, the pitch where he said, all right, I need, I need help out here on the mound. I tuned in maybe an inning or two after, and that's when I saw it. And, and to your point, you're exactly right. If we don't have Garrett Cole, especially the way the hitting is, if we get one run and we don't have Garrett Cole, we're, we're done. Um, and, and not to kind of toot my own horn again, but going back months ago, I said there's a very good chance the Yankees make the playoffs. And there's a much better chance that the Yankees make the playoffs as a wild card as opposed to the division. Shout out to the Rays. They've done incredible as – we thought they were they were capable of. But one of my big fears, and Aaron Boone has kind of shut me up for the most part, even though the team has not played well. 
Um, I still don't want to see him back, assuming the Yankees don't make it to the ALCS or win the World Series. But something I said I didn't want to see was I didn't want to see the Yankees back into the wild card, lose in the wild card, and we sit through the winter and then 2022 status quo, here we go again. I would rather us not make the playoffs as much as I want to be right and you want to be wrong or I want you to be wrong. Uh, we'll see. And I, and I, unfortunately, again, I, I think it's up in the air now. I still want to hold on hope that the Yankees will win the wild card. They're still in position to do so. But again, I don't want to get there, have our bats not be able to do anything and our pitchers can't hold, uh, which I, I can't blame Jordan Montgomery if he can't hold a one run lead in the wild card. <laughs> If we're up one nothing, if we're up one nothing in the fifth inning, I have no faith in Jordan Montgomery to, to to hold that lead. So, even if we made the wild card in that situation, sure, I'm happy to get to the wild card. But this is what you and I were talking about back in June. So, it's 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 only only the Yankees, and I know we'll talk about the Giants before the show's over tonight. But only our teams, the Yankees and Giants, are able to put you at such a high and then bring it right back down to planet Earth faster than any team can. I'll leave it at that. I mean, it's look, baseball's a game of streaks. We all know that, and the 13 game winning streak was huge. You can't follow it up going two and eight, not after what you did for the first three and a half, four months of the season. Exactly. You can't do it. But like you said, nobody else is playing up to their probably best ability. The Yankees are getting away with it. And yes, I will still continue to say the Yankees will not make the playoffs. And that probably means that they will make the playoffs as the wild card. And you know that I'll be invested and you know I'll be on the edge of my seat. And they'll probably find a way to win. And then we'll have to face Chicago. And I'm sure the bats will wake up and it'll be a bunch of seven, six, eight, ten ball games. But we'll probably lose. And it'll be another mid-October exit and another offseason of questions. And I guarantee you nothing gets done. Correct. So that is what it is. Matt, before we move on to football, because, yes, it is back. College football is in full swing. And, yes, I saw you watching some week one ball games. Yes, I did. I know you. I'm pretty sure you watched some week zero, too. I'm not 100% sure. But, oh, baby, was it a nice weekend of college football. But the NFL is also back. Before we get to that, though, you said you wanted to talk about it, and I'll give you the floor. I will be timing you, though because I don't care about it, and I don't know how much our listeners care. <laughs> Maybe some of them do. You're rocking a Team USA soccer jersey. They're in qualifying for the World Cup. They played Canada on Sunday. How do I know that? Because I was at a fantasy football draft where Kyle, our good buddy, Baron, was watching the qualifier on his phone like an addict. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. The USA is playing tonight or tomorrow? They play tonight. Um so it's uh, just shy of 9 o'clock while we're recording this. Dennis, they played 10.30 tonight in Honduras. Um, It'll be hot down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, USA has had a massive spring. They had a massive summer. And by that, I mean, they've been testing 100 different ways to build this team. And that's from American players that are playing over in Europe, American players that are playing here in the U.S. with MLS, Um Orlando City, uh, obviously right here, season tickets. They've had a couple guys, two or three guys actually, that have been um, in rotation for this American team. And the U.S. beat their biggest rival twice uh, in a matter of two or three months, which is Mexico, for two different trophies, which is a big deal. And um, 
USA with those wins jumped into the FIFA top 10, which is top 10 in the world of best soccer teams. The U S has not been in the top 10 in 10 to 15 years, um, which is a big deal. World cup qualifying starts. And uh, as our listeners may remember uh, the last world cup, USA was not involved because the U S had a pretty poor showing and what is essentially a year of world cup qualifying. Um, and it just began again about a week ago. U.S. has not lost, which is good. U.S. has, though, not won, which is not good. Um, so two games in to El Salvador and Canada. One game in El Salvador, one game in Nashville against Canada. Two games they should have won. They have two points to show for it, which is not good. Um, it's going to get harder. Honduras is better than Canada. Honduras is better than El Salvador. And Mexico and Costa Rica are both better than Honduras, El Salvador, and Canada. So uh, for all the bars in America, for all the restaurants, for all the casual U.S. soccer fans that just tune in when the World Cup happens every four years, this is important because for Dennis, obviously you and our listeners know I'm a diehard fan. I watch MLS. I watch U.S. soccer, even if the game means absolutely nothing. But a lot of fans tend to tune in every four years and say, well, wait, I I just thought U.S. always makes it. This is why U.S. makes it or doesn't make it, because how they do in games like tonight, that unfortunately don't start till 1030 p.m. on a weeknight. Um, But these are the games that matter if the U.S. is going to make the World Cup. These are the actual meaningful games that matter in the standings in CONCACAF to make the World Cup. And with U.S. tying Canada, with U.S. tying El Salvador, their game tonight against Honduras means a lot, especially since the U.S. has not been in the World Cup in how many years, and the casual fans can't get drunk at their local bar watching it. And in a a time, Dennis, we've talked about this before, in a time where the U.S. is so divided on everything between coronavirus, politics, the whole thing, one thing that the U.S. has been able to agree on is rooting for our teams when they wear the American flag. So if a country needs their team to do well, now is the time. And lackluster performances, the first two World Cup qualifying games, tonight's a big one. And uh, that's where we're going. And regardless of what happens tonight, there's more World Cup qualifying games uh, down the road. So big one for the U.S., uh, I would encourage people, hey, don't – I mean, if you're not a big soccer fan, don't change your schedule around. But it's going to be on, and if, you, if the U.S. makes it or doesn't make it, we'll be able to look back tonight's like this in uh, September as the reason why. Matt, this is on me for giving this more time than I want to, but I can't believe the excitement you started that with. I'm, we're, I'm, we're watching each other. We're on Zoom. The yeah. smile you had, you are enthusiastic about this. And me, not paying a rip of attention, had no idea what the results would be. I can't believe the enthusiasm for U.S. soccer. And they are continuing to do what every non-soccer fan, but as a sports fan and sees the updates on ESPN and whatnot, are continuing to do what they do, not win soccer games. They couldn't beat Canada the other night. I don't think the Canadian soccer team sees grass for more than three months out of the year. And you can't beat a Canadian team. This is, I think this is why you can't get people invested. I'm, I'm understanding what you're saying. These are important, and this is why you have to watch these games. But 
I think when the team maybe is this bad, and I understand the rebuilding, I think not making the World Cup the last time was a big old wake-up call. I remember watching the, ta- the Taylor Twellerman, whatever the hell his name is. All those guys just ripping pissed on ESPN and NBC and Fox alike, just calling the U.S. coaches, players, everyone out. That what they are we have doing? To, they, have, they have to do better, and yet they still can't beat Canada. So. Dennis, here's and here's the thing. You and I, and I'm thankful that you've like given us the time, and you seem at least you're you're very good at pretending at least sometimes that you care about it. But here's well, I'm a good podcast host on the Matt and Dennis podcast. There's so many casuals, not other podcasts, and I don't and I don't blame them. There's so many casuals that tune in for the World Cup because it's a time where like you go everywhere, everyone's getting drunk and waving American flags. And you sure it's not because they love blowing the uh, kazoo horns? I mean, those two the, they for four and a half hours on ESPN. The Vuvuzelas, but like that's its name for years. That's what people like. They they love an excuse to wear the American flag on their shirt or carry a flag around. But then at the end of World Cup qualifying four or five years ago, we lost to Trinidad and Tobago and ESPN did breaking news at 11 o'clock at night. U.S. will not be in the World Cup. And everyone was like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. So if you're if you're a big if, if you care, this is when it starts. Was Trinidad and Tobago the team that wore the tie-dye jerseys and Mighty Ducks too? Yes, it was. <laughs> and they made that joke that Trinidad and Tobago got revenge <laughs> for the Mighty Ducks beating them. It's funny. So if it all if, comes back. If everyone, all the casual fans, I'm not asking that everyone needs to be diehard about soccer, but say when uh, saying a year from now, USA is not in the World Cup, it'll be games like Canada, El Salvador. Hopefully not tonight. Hopefully we get a win and get back into it here. It'll be games like these that were the ones that made the difference whether we made it or not. And that's something the casual soccer fan has not realized. I don't necessarily blame. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If you just want to root for your country, then you you wait until it's, it's the World's Cup through for your country. But when you wonder why they made it or they didn't make it, it's going to be nights like tonight that made the difference. Yeah, and if I can extend an olive branch, it's kind of like if a casual New York football giant fan was wondering, hey, how come I never see the Giants in the playoffs? Don't they have those great teams with that guy whose cheeks used to get really rosy? And then those are the same people that don't watch the Giants score a measly three points against the Jets, maybe seven points against the Browns. Those are the reasons why you don't see the Giants in January. Matt, with that said, Let's move on to the football people care about, or at least you and I care about, not just you. That is the NFL. Tomorrow night, the Dallas Cowgirls take the field with a healthy Dak Prescott. That's a big deal against the defending world champ, Tampa Bay Bucks, with the ageless wonder that is Tom Brady. How old is he now? 43, 44, 76? Nobody knows. Healthy Dak Prescott. They say he's healthy. He's going to be on the field, is he not? He Matt's will. Giving, Matt's giving me the googly eyes. He has no faith, apparently. Well, Matt, what I wanted to do for the NFL, because obviously we'll give our thoughts about our team that will probably lose week one to the Denver Broncos, even though let's hope that they actually win. Side note, I signed up for DraftKings because apparently they had a promo go, yeah, this is how much of a degenerate I am. I now have two sports books on my phone, but they had a promo – where all you have to do is place a dollar and you on either week one college football or week one of the NFL. 
I missed week one of college football. That's where I would rather bet. But I was in Connecticut and they haven't uh, gotten with the program yet and made gambling legal outside of the two fabulous casinos, Mohegan and Foxwoods. But like I said, signed up for that. And I actually took the Giants to win because I was looking down. Ah, what measly bet am I going to make so I can get my free cash in my account? And the Giants are like, uh, I think they're plus 140, something like that. They're an underdog at home. And, you know, a little bit of a toss-up game. But for the uh, for the payout, it wasn't super bad. So I took the Giants to win. It'll probably be another dollar that I lose. And chalked up on the old loss board. But I got many of those. But, Matt, I want to move on and talk pretty much every – go by every division, but two division. We'll start out west kind of quickly – who will be the division winners, basically giving us a playoff and we'll get to the playoffs and then kind of give our early, here we are as week one approaches, Super Bowl uh, contenders and who will possibly be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy Trophy, <laughs> trophy in the middle of February because I do believe it's not the first Sunday anymore because of the Lenten season. Am I correct on that? And they delay it by a week or two? Uh, well, we have 17 weeks now of the regular season because we shortened preseason by a week. Yeah. But and we're still starting the season normally. Yes, yeah, so I'm also very curious. Um, I mean, we're going to have two parades, one for the Lombardi Trophy and then one for the Trody. So it'll be very exciting. Hilarious. <laughs> first time. It's probably not the first time I messed up a word. I don't know how to speak, read, write. Uh, the team. Anything I live on my own. The team in the NFL with the worst record will win the Lombardi Trophy. Ooh, watch out, Detroit Lions. You're going to take Boom, that? another zing to the social media, L Money. Social media manager, yeah. I give the whole, give the whole bet. I actually did place a bet on that, put four bucks down that the Lions are going to be the worst team in the NFL. She's very furious. I am holding her back right now. I might place another one that the Red Wings will be the worst NHL team. Why not? Oh, I got Ooh. her. Hockey town, hockey town, who? Matt, if let's they- start. Did you hear what I said when I wanted to go division by division? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, you want to say the winners of the division? Sorry, I had to walk out of the Mad Dennis Studios. Right. Well, I'm thinking maybe if we write this down, it'll be something else for us to talk about come the end of the NFL season, either how right or how wrong we were. So I'm going to keep track and write down our division winners and then who we have coming out of the wild cards. And then when we come to playoff time, a picks segment that you are undefeated in currently on the Matt and Dennis podcast. I was about to maybe say. This is where I can gain some ground. Maybe my – Early season predictions will be correct. Highly doubt it. We'll see. I also did not prepare uh, for this question to be asked, so I have uh, brought up. What do you think we were going to do on the program tonight? Uh, do the week one picks, but this works as well. Live live radio. <laughs> I mean, I still have to write down the week one picks, so that gives us time as well. Now that you're uh, you were an avid uh, gambler as well, I know you can't anymore because Florida, like Connecticut, has to get the program. Uh, would you like? to start off doing some lines or you want to still go straight up? Let's let's do some lines. All right. You want to go all, what were you doing? We were doing six total, the three local teams and then three other teams. You want to do all six? You want me to mix it up? Do six. Yeah, do the six. Yeah. Oh, baby. Well, you asked the guy, you go first. We're talking about the AFC West first. (laughs) Oh, oh, I thought – so um, no picks is last. We'll go division by division and then do uh, the like week one picks. Okay, so we're starting with the AFC West. 
Yeah, we'll go no, AFC sure. West, NFC, you know, we'll go AFC and then we'll go to the yeah, NFC sure. so that we end with the Giants. Yeah, I'm sure AFC West is going to be a, a huge disagreement. I mean, the AFC West in general is going to be a better division than it was last year, at least in my opinion. I mean, but I mean, the, the winner of the AFC West is not going to change. It's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they're, they're going to be out for blood. Um, I don't think, I, I mean, you know, maybe I'll bite my tongue on that before I say anything. But Ooh. yeah, I'm, I'm going to bite my tongue. But the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win that division. and uh, But the division is going to be better than that better than it was in, in the last year. The Raiders are going to be better. The Chargers are going to be better. The Broncos are still going to be the bottom dwellers of that division, but they are also going to be better. Um, so I'm excited about the progress of that division, but the, the status quo has not changed. It will be the Kansas City Chiefs winning the AFC West. Yeah, I agree. I think the Chargers are the biggest threat. I don't think the Raiders are going to be very good. I don't care what their GM, Mike Mayock, says. We need to make the playoffs this year. Guess what? Every team needs to make the playoffs. You, however, will be like most of them, and no. I think the Chiefs, I think the Chargers have a legitimate shot at the wild card, but yeah, the Chiefs all the way. In the AFC North, uh, I will start, again, keeping with the status quo, with the Ravens. I think the Browns are going to be improved. I do believe the Steelers can be improved. Big Ben's got to play the whole season, though, and I don't really trust that. So it's the Ravens. It's the Ravens division to lose. I mean, Even though Lamar Jackson, I read a stat today, has only thrown for over 300 yards once in an NFL game, and he's got, like, the most wins as an – NFL starter since he's coming to the league. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, Dennis, while I, agree, while I agree with you that it is the Ravens division to lose, that is not the status quo. The Pittsburgh Steelers uh, were the team to quote unquote run that division. I mean, they didn't run the division. The last few years been the Ravens. It's been the Ravens, but the Steelers won that division. Uh, Steelers finished. Uh, I mean, it was a game. Um, were the Ravens the better team? Probably. But the Steelers won the division, so I wouldn't necessarily agree with you that's the status quo, but I agree with you in the sense that it is the Ravens' um, season to lose. I, I, I think the Steelers uh, falter slightly. I think the Cleveland Browns are kind of stagnant, and the Cincinnati Bengals improve, but obviously not to the level that I think they are of uh, the rest of the teams in their division, so I'd have to agree with you that the Baltimore Ravens, it is their division to lose. It is Lamar Jackson's uh, division to lose. And the pressure, I'd say uh, if, if you kind of scaled all the or, or, or rated all the different levels of pressure for the big QBs in the league, Lamar Jackson has to be up there on, on pressure for him because he was the hottest thing in the NFL. Uh, his, his sparkle, for lack of a better word, uh, dimmed um, last year. And uh, – I think this is this is where there's going to be a big kind of turning point uh, for the better for better or worse for Lamar Jackson. But I, I agree with you. It's Baltimore's uh, division. I think the Steelers have weakened slightly. I think Baltimore. We'll see how they do. They definitely over, underperformed last year. Uh, it's their division to lose. I think the Browns are going to be right there. The Bengals have improved, but it is the Bengal or excuse me, the Ravens' division to lose. I agree with you there. Okay. In the AFC South, you can go first because we'll just alternate it they got the number one pick they got one of the greatest college football coaches down there they got a Colts team that apparently has Carson Wentz back I guess we'll see if he plays week one I don't know if they've announced anything and then the Titans they're the reigning champs no I'm not talking about the Houston Texans they're gonna be god awful so I'm just throwing them away sorry Houston yeah Dennis all uh, give me the Tennessee Titans uh again in this one the Colts I'm really excited to watch this team. Really excited to, to and, and I think uh, 
I don't think the the Colts have announced one way or the other if Carson Wentz is going to be their guy. Um, but Carson Wentz has a much better coaching staff than he did with Philadelphia. So as much as I was not an Eagles fan, I'm, I'm not a not a Carson Wentz hater by any means. So I, I hope he he gets a shot with this Colts um, uh, coaching staff. It'd be interesting to see how that works. The Texans are in absolute shambles. Looks like Tyrod uh, Taylor is going to be the uh, starting quarterback of the Houston Texans, although Deshaun Watson's on the staff, but I can't blame them because I'm honestly shocked that Deshaun Watson's been on the staff this long um, for all the allegations he's had against him. Jacksonville, obviously, even if the Titans win that division with all the other teams better in that division, which is all of them, than Jacksonville. Jacksonville's the talk of that division. Um, because of obviously who their coach is, because of who their uh, quarterback is going to be. And I think Jacksonville, obviously, I mean, when you're one in 15, the, the only way to go is up for the most part. And, and, and they will go up, uh, but it won't be to the extent of the Tennessee Titans or the Indianapolis Colts. I think maybe, a, a, maybe third place for Jacksonville over Houston isn't so unrealistic. But give me Tennessee, and also give me Tennessee a deep run in uh, in the playoffs come January and February. Ooh. Uh, and, yes, if you're betting, man, the teams that finish with the worst records in the NFL currently are the Texans, Jags, Lions. So, obviously, with the Lions being better money, that's why I went with them. Also, I just – now that I'm having hope, but I think Deshaun Watson could play at some point, that could just generate an extra win or two to give the Lions – the edge. Plus, it's very likely that Matt Patricia can be fired midway through the season. They're not going to be good. And Dennis, before we leave this division, um, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, Deshaun Watson's future. If he does a, if he plays a single snap, I don't think he will for Houston. Um, but an even bigger, more relevant question is: Does he play a snap in the NFL this year? Much less, maybe yeah, ever. ever, ever again in the NFL? Because there's been a lot of rumors, especially uh, here in the state of Florida and South Florida. Um, if you would go down to Miami. So uh, that, that'll be an interesting question and an uh, interesting development to follow. Mad final division in the AFC. What was long, long, long time owned by the New England Patriots has shifted its way north, and it looks like the Buffalo Bills got a stranglehold on it. That's where I'm going. I do think it'll be a little bit closer because I think the Patriots will be a tad bit improved. Didn't have an awful year last year. I think the Dolphins are a playoff team. I have them as a wild card team. I think they're going to be very good. And I, I think the Jets are – they're going to be okay. They're not a 500 team, but I think the Jets could be a six-win football team, and that just makes for a much better division than it has been, making it more challenging for the Bills. But the Bills very likely could be the one seed in the AFC. I don't think it's close in that between them and the rest of the division. Dennis, I, I, I barely disagree with you. I don't think um, – Yeah, we that, haven't had one disagreement yet. It's a very entertaining podcast. I think I think my only disagreement is, uh, I mean, I think the Jets will improve. I don't think they'll be a six-win team. Um, I mean, I, again, similar to Jacksonville, when you're 2-14, two and, two and 14, uh, the only – there really aren't many other directions you can go than up. But I, I think the Jets will improve. I don't think they'll be a six-win team. I think maybe – four or five win team. I think it'll make things more interesting. I think games in that division, and I've been saying this not just tonight, I've been saying this the last uh, year or so when we were projecting uh, this back in the spring when we were talking about the draft that the AFC East is going to be a really fun division. I agree with you. Buffalo is going to win the division. I agree with you that they have a really good shot at being um, uh, number one in the AFC. 
Miami is going to make the playoffs. Um, I, I feel very strongly about that. And New England, who has had their, their fall from grace, they just released Cam Newton. Mac Jones from Alabama is going to be their guy. Um, and, and I have to just, just to bring up, when I was driving to work this morning, I was listening to Boomer and Carton. And uh, not Boomer and Carton, what's his name? Now? Boomer and Geo, excuse me. Carton's in the afternoon now. But Boomer and Geo, and Geo said something that I really agreed with, where he said if Mac Jones was at any other team, it wouldn't be the story. But because it's the Patriots, because it's Bill Belichick, it's the story. Um, I'm not sold on Mac Jones, but I think the Patriots will be better. Um, we'll see where Cam Newton goes. But I, for the most part, Dennis, in the AFC East, I agree with you. I think the Jets will be better, but I don't see them being a six-win team. I think the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, had a fantastic year, obviously, last year, and I think he only improved. Okay. Well, you're welcome, our teams. I'll go first because I just had them written down. I already talked about the Dolphins. I also have the Chargers. I think the Chargers outlast the Titans because I think that the Titans, the Colts – or did I say Titans? I meant the Colts. The, the Titans will win that division. The Colts, I think, they're going to beat up on each other. I think their division will be – a little more competitive. I, I, I don't know how good Denver is going to be. So I, I think, I think this is Justin Herbert's year for San or LA, not San Diego anymore. Not to, not to interrupt you, but they uh, the guardy party has begun. It is uh three, three Yankees or three, three Yankees, blue Jays. It was unneeded to interrupt me. Sorry. I was trying to make some valid point on Justin Herbert. You wrecked it. Big home run. Dolphins and Chargers. Who do you got? Who do you got as your wildcard teams for the AFC? Uh, my wildcard teams from the AFC. I, I mean, uh, obviously, I said I said Miami, uh, Steelers, Chargers. Ooh, the Steelers coming back. Mm-hmm. Finally, a disagreement. Even though you have the Chargers, but I'll write this down. Let's move to the fun conference. To the fun yeah. conference. Brett Gardner with <laughs> a home run. To the NFC West, Matt, who's coming out? To the NFC West. Here we go. I got to pull it up. Give me, and because of their defense, making a big comeback. They were the best uh, team in the NFL a couple years ago and just could not beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Los Angeles Rams. They have one of, if not my favorite defense coming up this year in the NFL. Arizona Cardinals, led by, obviously, Kyler Murray are going to get my wild card spot in there. Seattle is going to fall down. I don't like Russell Wilson. Um, I, I mean, at this point, I don't like Russ, Russell Wilson. But give me the Los Angeles Rams out of the NFC West. Yeah, uh, we've yet to disagree on division winner, so that's great. I'm with you on the Rams defense. I think that's what propels them. And also, I think Sean McVay finally has a quarterback that he can uncork. I think Matt Stafford can deliver the offense he truly wants as opposed to Jared Goff. I feel like maybe he was limited with Goff. Now, I, I know they, they will never admit that. That's the second overall. Might have been the first overall pick. I don't know. I think the Rams picked first overall that year. It just didn't work out, is what it is. Matt Stafford can still sling it. He's got some great weapons. It sucks that they lose Cam Akers, but I think the running game will be okay. And obviously the receiving core is great. And then, again, when you have that pass rush, when you have the secondary, McVeigh is – the Rams have continued to say – we're just going to build a team of superstars. We'll win football games. We don't need to build through the draft or however. And they've been able to add some nice pieces, but they've gone out and made some huge trades and acquired some big time free agents. And 
I think Matt Stafford has a hell of a year this year, but it's the defense that propels them, and that's how they win this division, which a division that will be super competitive. I think San Fran's going to be a lot better. Arizona obviously will take a step. Seattle is still Seattle. And, and Dennis, if I could just like really quickly, I mean, as uh, obviously me and Lauren, our social media manager, have lived in <laughs> for years and we became friends with, with diehard Detroit Lions fans. Matt Stafford has always been a great quarterback. And, and, and he was on a terrible team with a terrible coaching staff with no weapons and still put up some of the performances and some of the numbers he did. So I think even if Los Angeles does not turn out to be the team that they're being projected to be, I think Matt Stafford has a brand new future. And I mean, for what it's worth, Detroit and LA, obviously two completely different cities. This is the rebirth for Matt Stafford. He's had a lot of issues uh, with his family, um, with the, the health of his wife, they, they lived in Detroit. They did a lot for the city of Detroit. They loved their time there. They did a lot for local charities down there. And I think this is a big opportunity. They, they leave a big city in Detroit. They go to a bigger city in Los Angeles, which has a completely different personality than Detroit did. And I've, I've never disliked or rooted against Matt Stafford. Like, I really wanted him to do well. He's a good quarterback. But I think it's this is one of those situations. And I don't necessarily believe in, in – in, like, well, you move to another city and you got a different personality, blah, 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 that works. But with some of the coaches Detroit's had, I don't think he's really been able to quote unquote spread his wings. And I think in a city like Los Angeles, you got Malibu, you got Hollywood, you got all that. He has a guy like Sean McVay, who I think will understand him a bit more than his, uh, his coaches did in Detroit. I'm excited to see what Matt Stafford does. And I, I, I really hope this kind of gives him a, a, a rebirth as a, as a quarterback in the NFL. And, and, and I didn't even think like the, the Rams, the defense is what excites me the most about them, but Matt Stafford being there and Jared Goff being in Detroit, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, again, I, I have the Rams winning that division. All right. Uh, the NFC North, you started there. So I'll start here. It's Packers. Packers division to lose, assuming Aaron Rodgers remains a cheesehead for the rest of the season. I don't see how you pick against them in this division. It will be a competitive division. We'll get to this in a bit with the wildcard teams. I think Minnesota and Chicago will both be there when it's all said and done. Not in the playoffs, but I'm saying like they'll be in the conversation. The Lions are going to be bad. But that is what it is. But yeah, it's, it, as long as Aaron Rodgers is discount double checking in Wisconsin, they're a playoff team and probably the one seed. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I agree with you at least uh, on the division, Dennis. I think Green Bay is, is right there as well. Like you said, as long as Aaron Rodgers is there, it's a tumultuous relationship, but um, which I don't think uh, in Green Bay lasts much longer. Um, but Aaron Rodgers wants to prove it to the NFL, and more so than the NFL and Green Bay's rivals, he wants to prove it to Green Bay. And when I say Green Bay, he wants to prove it to ownership and his coaching staff, who he hates. Um, which is a hilarious uh, dynamic. Um, one thing I will disagree with you, you seem, I mean, we both agree Detroit is not going to be uh, good at all, but um, I think you're a little bit more confident in Minnesota and Chicago from a wild card standpoint than I am. Um, I, I think they improve, but I think with them improving, I think the NFC East will improve as well. So I think it is going to be a fun race to the division uh, between uh, the NFC North and uh, the NFC East. Okay. 
To the South, uh, I think we can probably agree. I have the Bucs. I think the Saints can be a scary team. I love that Jameis Winston is their quarterback. I know that the receivers are all no names. We don't know when Michael Thomas is coming back from his pup list injury. It, I mean, it could be six weeks. That's best bet right now. Jameis Winston might throw for 5,000 yards in that dome this year. And I think Sean Payton isn't really losing anything. He might even be adding talent at the quarterback level. Not Drew Brees' smarts, but he can launch the ball more than Drew Brees. Drew Brees was losing yardage year over year. Jameis Winston can still huck it. Now he's got to get the interceptions in check. That could lose the Saints some games. But I think the Saints could be a surprise team this year. But again, the Bucs, you have Tom Brady. Again, they still have that defense. Weapons galore. It's going to be hard to beat them in that division because I think the Falcons are going to be very bad. And I don't see the Panthers there yet. They're building up, but they're at best probably a six-win team. This is one of those divisions, and again, Dennis, we're not going to have – and I know where our big disagreement is going to be coming from, and I'm excited to talk about it because it's like the one division we haven't talked about yet. But uh, until we get to that point, I agree with you. I think the Bucks. I don't think the Bucs are going to be as great as they were last year, but they're the best team in this division, and that is not just because the Bucs are good because I'm really not as sold on them as everyone else is. It's because the division isn't up to par with them. Um, the Falcons are better. Another situation where the only way to go is up. Carolina's improved that the Carolina Temple Owls, um, led by Matt Rule, who should currently be the Giants head coach, but obviously I love Joe Judge. Um, Jameis Winston's going to be average. I, I don't feel like he is going to lead the Saints back to the promised land, but if he's going to play well, it's going to be inside the Dome, inside the Superdome. Um, so I agree with you on, on the Bucks there. Um, I think Carolina, I think Robbie Anderson steps up this year. He's obvious. He's going to, he's going to be, do, one you, do you think Robbie Anderson? Why do you think he steps up, Matt? Because he's a great wide receiver and he's played very well. He just hasn't really had the chance to be a number not one. Not because he wore the cherry in the white. No, I'm not, I'm not just saying it because he's won the yeah, cherry okay. in the white. I think Robbie Anderson is going to have a fantastic year. And I, I, I think Carolina improves. I, I really think they do. And they, you think Sam Darnold's the guy to lead him? No, but. I think he's good good enough for now. I think he's good enough for now. And I think Carolina improves. They've added some weapons to that team. Their defense has improved slightly. I think Carolina gets better. I think they'll be better than the Falcons. I think it's going to be the Bucs that win the division. Saints, yeah, I don't think they're making the wild card. Um, But we'll see. Let's get to the fun one. Okay, yeah. Where we would spend probably the most time, the NFC East. Many refer to it as the NFC least. I got to be honest with you. It's probably going to look like that. There's going to be four teams that aren't great, that are all going to probably be around each other, except for the Eagles. I think they're going to suck. But other than that, it's going to be three teams that are close to each other. Matt, I'll go first here. Yeah. If Dak's on the field, the Cowgirls are winning the division. I would would go Washington, but their defense is great. It might be the best defense in the – it, I think it might be up there in as far as the conference is concerned, not just the division. It's definitely the best in the division. Their offense, I don't really trust Ryan Fitzpatrick to go 17 games this year. I, I love their weapons. I'm high on Scary Terry and uh, Gibson in the backfield. I have Gibson on two fantasy teams. I have Scary Terry on one. But when it, it, I hate saying it that the Cowgirls are going to win, but they're – they have the best offense. I think their defense has issues. They, for them, for Dallas to win this year, they're going to have to average close to 30 points a game. But if Dak's on the field, I honestly believe they can do that. Amari Cooper is probably going to 
regress into the wide receiver two role. CD Lamb is going to, he could have a breakout season as long as Dak plays. Zeke still has enough. And, you know, you, you balance him, you balance his workload, but I, they have the best offense. And right now, at what I've seen from the Giants in preseason, I'm not confident at all. It's still typical Giants where we're dealing with a lot of injuries. We don't know if Tony's going to play. I don't think Galladay plays. I think they'd be stupid if Barkley plays. I know that everyone has been rumoring that he's on track and he's ready and he wants to play. I think it'd be really dumb to rush him out there. At least give him one week, at least, if he's truly on this ahead of schedule at this point. But I want to believe in the Giants. I just don't believe from a talent perspective they're there yet. So if the Giants are around a 500 team, that's still an improvement. It's not good enough for the division even though the division winner might only win two more games in them. Cowgirls. Well, um, I'm getting Lauren's attention because I want her to listen to this because it's going to be good. Um, as I talk about the NFC East here, this is going to be, this is going to be a good one. It's, it's the division of the Giants. Sorry. Um, Gosh, no, I, I agree with just about everything said there. Um, let, let's, let's go down like team by team here. Washington, best defense in the NFC East. Bar none, best defense in the NFC East. Um, Dallas, best quarterback in the NFC East. Bar none, uh, Dak Prescott. Um, Philadelphia Eagles, agree. Worst team in, in the division. Um, they, I mean, Jalen Hurts, who I honestly, like, from the second, I can tell you vividly the second, uh, like, what my mindset was, what I was doing when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts. No one saw that coming. No Philadelphia Eagles fans saw that coming. And I texted all of my closest friends and family members uh, and said, uh, Carson Wentz days are numbered um, because they just drafted his replacement and they have given up on him. Uh, The New York Giants. What do I say about the New York Giants? Uh, This is going to be one of probably of all the, take my bias aside. Uh, what 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 team I root for? The Giants are, are have had the biggest facelift of any team in that division. Uh, offensive line hasn't been touched until the last week, where we've picked up a couple guys. I think one from Cleveland, one from Baltimore, um, to help out with the offensive line because I think through the preseason we saw that what a shocker! If you don't touch the the offensive line and, and free agency or the draft, it's still going to be as bad as it was. Well, last. you know, and I'll, I'll just interrupt you there quickly because, and I was back in the Giants when we did the draft, and you were worried obviously from the start, and I kept saying, I think this is showing that the Giants organization is confident in the guys we have here. These guys them. are who we are going to roll with, and clearly, in a, in just three preseason games, they realized, oh crap, we've made a huge mistake. So let's go out and get these guys, and hopefully, they're fill-ins and they can play here and there and swap guys in and out because clearly they were mistaken and it's going to bite us in the ass. And Dennis said, I said, like when you were like, well, you know what the good thing is, Matt, that the giants, since they didn't draft anyone on the offensive line, that means they trust them. Joe judge, trust them. And Brian or David Gettleman, trust them. And the ownership trust them and, and, and good for them. And I was like, that's fantastic, but I don't trust David Gettleman. And who would have thought we don't add anyone in the draft. We don't add anyone in free agency. It was equally as terrible. And now we have Nate Solder. That's probably going to start in front of Matt Pert, who was better than our first round or top 10 pick Andrew Thomas. 
So, anywho, I was I was on a hot streak there. I hate to say this, and I'm going to say it anyways, but I will I will put my faith in the offensive line. I will put my faith in Daniel Jones. I'll put my faith that from what it sounds like, Saquon Barkley is starting week one, which is something you and I did not think would happen even a week ago. I'll put my faith in Kadarius Toney, who seems like he'll be healthy. I'll put my faith in Kenny Galladay. I'll put my faith in Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, maybe Kyle Rudolph. Thankfully, Evan Ingram sounds like he will not be playing, which is a good sign. Dennis Vincy, I want you to look up at the Zoom right now. The New York football giants are going to win the NFC East this year because we have too many weapons. Joe Judge is the future <laughs> of this team. The offensive line will hold on for a tenth of a second longer than they did last year. Give me the New York football giants, NFC's champions at a record of nine and seven, or what would it be now? Nine and eight. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not even getting, giving them the extra win? No. <laughs> Dak Prescott, I'm, I'm sorry. Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the division. Dak Prescott is having shoulder issues. We've been hearing about it uh, all preseason. He hasn't played a single preseason game. Give me the New York football giants winning this division in the NFC least. I just can't believe I, I saw it coming. I, when you said this is going to be entertaining, I saw it coming that you were going to either put on, you're going to put on a giant jersey, you're going to put on a hat with your stupid grin. I mean, Matt, you're just asking to get dumped on come the beginning of December. Do you remember those commercials that the NFL Network used to play when, like, the season's ending, but you could get in that dumb fantasy thing through the playoffs? And the Giants, the guy was decked out in Giants stuff just on a treadmill, go, moving backwards, like not even running? That's going to be you. The sheer disappointment that you, when you're going to realize when we, it comes to December, when the Giants are striving for that eighth win, and the only reason they're trying to get the eighth win is because we have an extra football game, and hopefully we're playing someone in our division who we're just as good as, or maybe better as, <laughs> they're not Dennis, playoffs. Dennis, we've been dumped on for years. I'm used to it. Bring it on. Let's go. That is, that is just the most fan thing. Complete <laughs> rationale. Throw it out the window. I'm a Giants fan. It's September 8th. We kick off in five days at this point. I'm picking us to win the division. We're going 16-0. and Just every biased, or I guess it would be 17-0 now. Every biased fan, that's what they're saying right now. And you just leapt into that pool. This is a, this is a great moment to announce to our fans that Matt and Dennis will be live outside Raymond James Stadium in Tampa come November, Monday Night Football, Giants-Bucks. Matt and Dennis will be live celebrating our 100th episode. We'll see you at a, what was, what was the beach bar we went to that one time? We will be whatever at that, uh, we'll, we'll announce the beach bar that it was uh, later on. <laughs> Me and Dennis will be recording live from my car because we can't officially uh, broadcast inside any establishment but we'll be broadcasting live from Tampa. Dennis will be there. Much like the planning of this live podcast. It's, uh, I, can't, I, I can't even think. I can't believe you went with the Giants. I saw it coming. And now I'm like, eh, he won't do it. He'll take Eagles Washington. Terrible. Washington has no offense. And Dak Prescott is not going to be fully healthy. His shoulder hurts. Give me the Giants. You know what sucks? is that we probably will end up finding a way to win the division come the end of December. Yep. And you're not going to let me live it down or anyone. 
All the nope. crap that you're going to endure, like you do every season. Our good buddy Ellis, he's just waiting. He's waiting for the baseball season to end mid-October when he finally pays attention to football. Giants? To jump on the Giants. He's just waiting to send those text messages at Sunday at 115 when the Giants throw their first pick six. He's waiting. No, It'll the, be week four, but that's when he's going to pay attention. The Broncos are going to be up 3 nothing five minutes into the first quarter, and I'll be like, well, season's over. <laughs> Brandon uh, McManus, Temple Owl, Brandon McManus, Denver kicker, will kick a field goal uh, six minutes into the game, and Ellis will claim that the season has already ended. My gosh. All right, Matt, who, who, are, you, who are your wild card teams? Uh, yeah. I just want to end the podcast here, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> in, the, in the NFC, Dennis, give For me. Sake of transparency. Give me the Washington football team. You have two teams coming out of the NFC East. Yep. Give me the Washington. What's their record if the Giants are nine and eight? What? If the Giants are nine and eight, what is Washington's record? Uh, eight and ten. And that's good enough. <laughs> the playoffs. No, it's not. Um, Giants are gonna have a better record than that. But give me a <laughs> Giants in one way, shape, or form. Giants are going twelve and six, folks. You hit it. You heard it here. Oh wait. And one way, shape, or form, it'll be the Giants-Washington football team and the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Cards in W. So it'll be Giants get the division. Giants get the division. Arizona, um, Washington football team. Those will be the top two wild card teams. Okay. Now it's time for picks. I'm assuming you're taking the Giants week one because you have this playoff team. They better hit the ground running. <laughs> I, if, if you asked me a week ago, I'd say Denver, but uh, based what on has what has changed over the last week. What is, what... Barkley is apparently starting. Kadarius Tony is apparently starting. <laughs> I don't believe Tony will. Well, he might play, but I, they Joe shouldn't Judge. put Saquon on the field. I think it's stupid. Joe Judge said today that, that I mean, at least in terms of Kadarius Tony, that he thinks he can potentially play an important role in that in, in that week one game. I, if Sa- I think it's stupid if Saquon's on the field. All right. Before we get into picks, do you want to do straight up or you want to give him, you want to do the spreads this year? Uh, uh, week one, let's do the, just do straight up. Okay. That makes it easier for me that I don't have to look as much. Just for the spreads, at least. All right, so Den- we'll just start Giants here. Denver at Giants. I assume you're going Giants? Again, I, I think I, – I genuinely believe – I'm not just saying this because I'm biased. If you asked me a week or two ago based on who's playing, I would have said Denver. But um, based on what I'm hearing, and I, I trust the sources, I, I say the Giants. All right. I'm actually going to say the Giants as well. And the only reason I'm saying it is because I don't know what to expect from Denver's offense – I, th- I think this could be an ugly game and it's you're at home. It's a home opener. Fans are back in the stands. I, I think that's the extra juice for a giants team that is going to be looking for wins all year. Like they're, it's going to be, they're going to be hard to find wins are going to be hard to find this year. This is one you can't let it get away from you. And, if and- they do, if they play typical giants football, like they had the last few years, it, that's very demoralizing to this fan base. This and- is a way to get everyone behind you and get MetLife riled up. So I, I think given just that, We've seen it just in college football in one week, what the home atmosphere has done for some teams. So I think having that back, that is an edge. Having Hell's Bells fire up to start and get those people wild. Just don't cough up the football in the first possession to get everybody to sit back down. I was about to say the 
and, and you said it pretty well that first time this place can be packed and hell's bells with, with the crowd going and it's going to be their first chance to see Daniel Jones uh, in, in the stadium and Joe Judge on the sidelines as head coach and now you got Kadarius Tony, your first round pick and or, or not your first round pick but um, actually yeah no, was the first round pick yeah he was your first round pick and and Kenny Galladay and Saquon back healthy and you hear hell's bells and, and MetLife after what everyone and that especially in the New York area um, has gone through that place is going to be rocking and I don't know how that team does not build off of that energy and it's 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 going to be incredible. All right. So second game I got, we got the Jets traveling to the Panthers. Uh, I'm taking the Panthers just because, again, home atmosphere. Sam Darnold, you're going against your former team. Also, it's the Jets. So prove to me that you're going to get better this year. I don't think it happens right away, though. Dennis, don't have a whole lot to say about that, but I agree with you. Give me the Panthers as well. All right. You can go first here. The final of the three local games, Dolphins going to New England. This is a fun one. I, I... I don't want to go as far to say New England's in shambles, but I really feel good about this Miami team. And I think they start off this season uh, taking advantage of that. Give me the Miami Dolphins. Ooh. I want to take Miami, but I'm going to take New England. And I'm going to take New England for the sure fact that Mac Jones is going to go out and play really well. And it's going to hype those New England fans up. We're not going to hear the end of it. It's going to be like, we got our Tom Brady 2.0. That'll be a huge talking point. You know, that's what, the talking heads on ESPN and Fox and everywhere else want Mac Jones to succeed. Bill Belichick to do it with another quarterback. Does it end that age old debate? Oh, it was Brady. Oh, it was the system. Guess what? They were a great team for 25 years. I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. But yeah, I'm going to take New England at home. Next game, Pittsburgh on the road at Buffalo. Give me the Buffalo bills. That's, that's one of the most exciting games of the year. I mean, Buffalo is definitely a better team than Pittsburgh, but this is like, we we both agree. It sounded like uh, early on that that Buffalo has has taken the reins of the, the AFC East, and this is their chance to really show it right from the get go. I don't think Josh Allen's going to waste that opportunity. Give me the Buffalo Bills. All right, I agree. I'm going to take the Bills, and again, that home atmosphere. I think this is going to be a good one, but I think the Bills are that much better. It'll be interesting to see how Pittsburgh, with a full year again of seeing Josh Allen play how they draw up a defense because Pittsburgh is going to have one of the best defenses in the NFL this year. Ben Roethlisberger is already out campaigning for TJ Watt to get paid. He's one of the best young defenders in the game. So I'm interested to see how gameplay wise, what they do to Buffalo, but yeah, it's, it's the bills. You're in again, talk about home atmospheres. Those guys throw pink dildos on the field and smash through wooden tables that are on fire. I don't mess with that home atmosphere. Bills. Uh, do, 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 do next game. Cleveland Browns. At the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this is an easy one. Uh, I mean, oh, okay. The, the Browns are the Brown. I mean, it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and the Browns are going to be better than they were last year. And it's it's the Browns are going to be a fun team to watch all year. So I'm looking forward to this past week one. But uh, the the Chiefs are. I hope Clyde Edwards-Alaire is is healthy. Um, from what Andy Reid said, he he should be. Um, and and I think. The, the revenge mission from the Chiefs for the absolutely awful Super Bowl they had, just a very unentertaining Super Bowl. I think this mission starts week one, as cliche as that sounds, Dennis. And, and 
again, I think a lot of it's going to be on Clyde Edwards Alaire. I think he's going to have a breakout season if he could stay healthy, which again, from what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing, sounds like he will. Big year for the Chiefs. Um, if they really want to be kept up there in NFL supremacy of recent memory, it starts week one against a, a team that's getting better every year in the Cleveland Browns. And I think they do it at home. Give me the Chiefs. Okay. Final game. I didn't know where to go here. It's going to maybe go Lions on the road, or I'm sorry, 49ers on the road at the Lions. Thought maybe they're hey, on, Dennis, you have the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, I have the Chiefs. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be one of the better games this weekend. There's actually quite a few good games week one. Uh, Chargers at Washington. That'll be good. Philly at Atlanta. Not too, you know, two teams that are not, aren't supposed to, expected to be good, but I think could be a good game. Vikings and Bengals. Joe Burrow's back out there. Seahawks and Colts, another one that could be good. Packs, Packers at the Saints, maybe, yeah. just maybe, at the newly named Caesars Superdome. Guess where I'm going, Matt? Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. Oof, the, the worst game, the worst matchup of the – By far the two worst teams playing each other of week one. Who you got? Oh, man. And, and, and honestly, as terrible of a matchup as this is, I think it's – it's going to be one of the most watched if you have the ability. I mean, if you don't live in Jacksonville or you don't live in Texas um, and I'm trying to think, I think I may be able to watch this game because of living in Orlando, my proximity uh, to uh, Jacksonville. So I think I may get this locally. Uh, Dennis this is a tough one. And I'm, I'm happy that you picked this one. And, and, and I'm probably going to regret this, but give me the Houston Texans. Ooh. Give me the Houston Texans. I think there's so much motivation on both of these sides in terms of their coaching staff, in terms of their players, both offensively and defensively. And, and I think Houston being at home, and I hate to use home and away as the advantage, but I think what this Houston organization has gone through, mainly because of one person that uh, – well, one, because their team was the worst – one of, if not the worst team in football, aside from the Jets – and, uh, and the Jaguars, the team that they're playing. And two, that they've just had a, just a meltdown of publicity in, in the last year or so. I think Houston, I think Tyrod Taylor kind of has a chip on his shoulder. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to play well for Jacksonville. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. I don't think it's going to be as terrible as everyone thinks it will be. Um, but but I'd, be, I'd, I'd like to give Houston – Houston the edge on this uh, because because of those reasons. And I think it's going to be a fun game at whatever they call it now. It used to be Reliance Stadium. Um, is it NRG? It, it, yes, yes. I think it's NRG. Oh, it yeah, give me give me Houston by like a slight edge against Jacksonville. Man, I loved everything you said. Everything you said about that. Uh, but I'm so glad you went with Houston because I'm taking Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is a tad more improved. And like you said, when you go one and – 16 or whatever, one, two, whatever the hell they went, not much room to go backwards. You can kind of only go forward. Give me sunshine. Give me Goldilocks. Trevor Lawrence, baby. I think he's got enough weapons. It really sucks that Travis Etienne went down and he is done for the year. I think he was going to be one of the guys to watch in the NFL this year, just from a running game, passing game perspective. I think he's super talented, but that opens the door for James Robinson, who had a breakout year last year and came out of absolutely nowhere, won a bunch of fantasy leagues for a bunch of guys. He, 
he can be a stud in the backfield. And now he is the guy. Uh, I don't know what the health of DJ shark is, but I think he's got some weapons and I think they dial up enough. Again, like you said, it's going to be close. It's probably going to be ugly. It's going to be like a 23, 16 game, like at best, you're not going to, I don't think we're going to see unless both defenses are really that bad. And we just see a whole hell of a lot of points, but give me the Jags because you got to start that new era somehow. And you start it right now in week one. So two disagreements in week one, not too bad. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, uh, Dennis, you haven't beat me yet, so I have not. Maybe it's because I pick dumb games like taking Jacksonville over Houston. It probably lines up. When people at the end of the year wonder why Dennis hasn't won a <laughs> weekly pick'em, it's because of what he does in weeks one through ten that sets up that large lead for Matt Scrowley. See how I did that? I put it all back into the show. Nobody watch people that watch the World Cup wonder why USA isn't there. It's because they. Uh, don't watch these meaningless games against El Salvador and Honduras. Well, what was the uh, other example I had? Speaking of Dennis. Oh, the Giants, when they're at the end of the season, why they now play in January. Although Matt, hovering above the rest of us, realizes that the Giants are much better than they are. Speaking of Dennis, uh, we have to get going. I will. Uh, we do. This has been a long one. It wasn't intended. Like yes, yeah, I will. And I will say. It's something- for football season. This is why we do two episodes. Obviously, in our show notes, uh, we have our social media manager over there not paying attention. But um, on our show notes, this is uh, – we're at episode, what, 83, 84? Sound like that. It's one of those. So, um, obviously, me and Dennis will have this discussion. But I think it's just about time after this week where Matt and Dennis uh, will return to two episodes a week. Um Typically, it's a Monday night, Tuesday, then like a Thursday, Friday. So we will, uh, obviously, work has changed, and I have uh, moved away from Michigan, and I'm back in Orlando. So we will see how that pans out. But the plan is um, to do two episodes a week where, obviously, one is geared towards recapping um, the weekend before in terms of college football and NFL, and then the – upcoming uh week ahead and dennis we really didn't get get to talk about college football a lot and that was one weekend where i actually watched a lot so um too much other stuff on the docket you know what are you gonna do lucky for us it's here for the next four months so we have a lot of football to look forward to we will be moving to two episodes a week which means we're gonna hit episode 100 a lot quicker than we were expected to which uh we will be doing a live broadcast somewhere whether Mm. Dennis likes it or not okay yeah just try and stop me from all of our money, from all of our sponsors, we'll be paying for an all-expense-paid, uh, really like a VIP trip for all of our big fans. The media manager will be... Yeah, get on the ball. Stop burrowing your head into your sweater and tweet some stuff. Yeah, for real. Yep. Anyway, I said I was going to put a bow on it. Now I am putting a bow on it. The NFL season is officially here. You are listening to this most likely, and it's already happening, or it's about to happen in a couple hours. College football is in full swing. The Yankees keep trying to play their way out of the playoffs, but nobody is better than them, so they're just hanging in there enough. we got a lot of things to talk about. We are back, baby. Big-time sports. Hey, the Ryder Cup. We're going to talk a little golf in a couple of weeks because Team USA is playing the Europeans. Boom, 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 as Matt falls asleep, as he thinks it's funny. (laughs) I am Dennis. He is Matt. Follow us on Twitter, Matt Dennis Pod. We promise, you know what? I'm not even going to promise that Lauren's going to tweet some stuff. I'm just going to say she'll tweet some stuff. And if she does it, she does it. But I'm not making any promises. You want to follow us on Facebook. We got a big orange M and Dennis. Very hard to find. (laughs) If 
you want to find it, go ahead and find it. For Matt Scarano, I am Dennis Fincy. Matt. Could be worse. He maybe did. You're supposed to say adios. Adios. Adios.